Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 24 of the Pay to Be Me podcast, the podcast that empowers you to create a lifestyle and business that is authentic, fun, and highly profitable. My guest today is Susan Ibitz. Susan is the founder of the Human Behavior Lab and is one of the world's foremost experts in face reading, an ancient skill of analyzing a person's character simply by observing their facial features. For nearly three decades, Susan's expertise has been employed effectively by everyone from journalists, politicians, to law enforcement officials. She's on a mission to unlock the science behind human behavior, body language, and deception detection in order to help people better read body language and more effectively engage with life. In this episode, Susan and I talk about the importance and impact of studying human behavior, how to build trust with potential clients, and three sales myths that are holding you back in your business. As always, thanks so much for being here. It means a lot you've decided to spend your time with us, and I'm incredibly excited to share this episode with you. Susan, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited that you are here. This has been a while in the making. How have you been recently? What have you been up to? Oh my God. How long is your show? <laughs> I've been up to a lot of things. Uh, I, as we was talking before, people is not lost because it's not on purpose, but people is like where to go next. And I've been doing a lot of research that what happened, all the tragedies and all the bad things who happened in history. And I found out a common denominator, the leaders who make them, the yeah. leaders who get to the next step were the ones who like, what is the next step? Know what is going on now? So yeah. I've been working with my clients and like, okay, this is going on now. What is next? And doing the research and showing people like, we get to out of the depression in the 1920. We went to 9-11. We went to 2008. Do you know how many companies grow and were born in 2008? Uber, mm -hmm. Instagram, Slack. So it's not what is going on. It's the opportunity you can find. And it's amazing too. It's like, it's like to have a bunch of kids that you see them regrowing and reborn. Mm -hmm. It's like mm -hmm. so satisfied to know that you can help people to do that. Mm, I love that. Yeah, that idea of reinvention, you know, in spite of circumstances, in spite of whatever's happening in the marketplace, actually taking a look at, you know, who do we want to be about this and how, you know, how do we want to be as an organization and as a company moving forward and definitely excited to talk to you more about that through the course of this conversation. Um, but I, I, you know, I gave folks a bit of an intro to who you are and the work that you do in the lead up to this show, but I'd love to hear directly from you um, a bit more about your story and what you're up to now. Uh, well, I have seen a couple of times and I was listening to my own podcast, like, oh my God, I'm so boring. I always say the same. <laughs> I'm going to try to um, take the painful nice. uh, okay. pain pill from your audience. Um, uh, I'm going to put it in three points. I was born in a really unconventional house and I'm thank God from that. My father was a diplomat and, a, and an artist. He was a painter. 
Uh, my mom was a stewardess that my dad proposed in a fly when he was flying first class and my mom was a stewardess. And mm -hmm. in a two hours fly, my dad fell in love and they got married 45 days later. And I came so up three years later. So I was suspecting that maybe they got married so fast because I was coming like, nope, they were three years to <clears throat> having me. Mm -hmm. And that made me grow with an open mind. And my dad was like a huge image in my life. My dad mm -hmm. and my two brothers. And I always knew I was different. I didn't know why until uh, I, when I was 18, I wanted to go to make a career. And <clears throat> my, my, my quality time, my, my dad always talk about quality and quantity and says, it's not how much time you spend with people is the quality of time you give them you can spend five minutes and make a mark in your life or you can mm. spend a life and not make a, no make a mark in a minute mm. um, he was really deep he wasn't a philosopher he didn't went to the university and he was a diplomat because he was a really wise man he read everything that came into his hands so my quality time with him was to watch colombo and the funny part was <laughs> what is going to be your superpower and my dad always wanted to be invisible and i wanted to be able to read people my mm -hmm. dad died without being invisible but i grow up to be able to read people so that's what i do mm -hmm. for a living not in the traditional way and again my life wasn't born as a traditional life and now i don't do anything <laughs> traditional i found out that the superpower i want to have is called human behavior and I went to college and I found out that I'm highly, highly dyslexic, but with a high IQ than normal. So that compensates that I can be really functional and doing my work, but not to be sitting for the traditional path that I initially did. So that was the first time life broke my heart and punched me, thank God. Mm -hmm. Because when I was 17, it's like, oh my God, I have this pad and a line and I need to follow this line and nothing can deviate it. I'm not going to get married. I'm not going to fall in love. I'm going to be studying until I get my PhD at the age of 30, 31. I'm going to apply to the FBI and I'm going to be remembered like the best FBI mm. profiler in the world. 18 years old, I was punched in the face and reality says, nope, it's not going to happen. So I'm going to use my dad's words too. You have too many ways to get to a point. Some people take a plane, sometimes people ride in a bike, and some, some of us need to swim. And I needed to swim to get my dreams come true. But today mm -hmm. I'm on the place that I wanted to be, the way I wanted to be, and actually was way more fun, was more teachable moments because I couldn't do it in the traditional way. Because now you need to get your way. And when you don't have a PhD or a master or a degree and you only have certification, you need to fight harder to people get you in consideration. And the crazy part mm. today is I coach and mentor a lot of kids uh, that says, I don't want a traditional career. I'm not going to go to college. I don't need to go to college to be good in what I do. And actually, mm. if you take a look, most is more, more of the most amazing companies it started in a garage mine started in like a little better place in my bedroom but <laughs> still, still in, it's still inside the house uh -huh. yeah that's awesome well i there's a lot that i hear in that but i think the thing that i really love is that idea of breaking out of how it's supposed to go um or even the idea of like 
breaking out of what was supposed to happen and creating something that's still authentic to you and exciting. Um, I actually, I just wrote a, a piece of content today about this idea of staying committed to the mountain versus uh, just being focused on how you're going to get up it. Like the idea of there's this vision or this experience of your life that you want to create. And there's probably a bunch of different paths to go out and create that thing. But if you're so focused on just one path and the path gets blocked, you're then at this standstill and you're kind of stuck. And that's kind of what I hear in your story is there's this experience that you wanted to create. And even though it didn't look the way that you thought it would with getting the PhD and, you know, going through school and, you know, that sort of thing, you've still created that career and you've still created that experience of life for yourself. I learned that it's not about the destination, it's, it's, it's the path. So from my career to when I'm going to go to the city, because I'm living outside the city in the suburbs on the forest. So for me, it's from what podcast I'm going to be listening to, what audiobook, if I'm going to have tea or coffee, to how I'm going to work with this person, how it's going to be my relationship with others. It's not anymore about when is going to land me. If you land mm. in the best place in the world, but the process was horrible, you're not going to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I remember totally. when I was looking for my dream home, because it's the difference between home and house. And for the ones who understand linguistic, they can understand that concept. Home is where you have your heart. House is when you're hanging your clothes. Mm. So I do remember being watching this house online for a month. And finally, my realtor gave me to the meeting. And I was so excited. Oh, my God. It was like, I think below 10. Remember the froze that we have last year on Chicago? Mm -hmm. That was like, mm -hmm. everything was frozen. Well, that day I went to see the house. And as soon as I opened the, the door, the house, the, the owners forgot to put the heat on the house. So the first impression, the feeling that I had from that house was cold. So as soon as I crossed the door, I wake up and said to my realtor, it's not going to happen. Why? Because mm -hmm. now the feeling I have in the house is cold. All my dreams go crash as soon as I cross the door. So it's not what you do. It's not what you say. It's how you make me feel. In this house, make me feel unwelcome. Mm. So I know this is like, what is she talking about? Realtor? Like, no. It's the pad. I dream about it. I fantasize about it. But reality put me that how that house make me feel wasn't, wasn't welcome. Mm. And that's what you need to teach people. When you have crisis, when you need to put to do something with your life it's about the journey and you are about the journey too you start the journey being like oh i'm gonna be the corporate kid and i'm supposed to be doing my career my master my phd i'm gonna get married have the wife fans move into the suburbs wait for my kids to go to college when i'm 47 and maybe getting divorced <laughs> because i don't know who i'm married with yeah, so yeah. we are on the same path i did the same path like you did like mm -hmm. the only difference is you can be my kid and now feel so old oh my mm -hmm. god mm -hmm. thank you Hayden thank you <laughs> you're so welcome no problem um <laughs> well <laughs> the I totally agree with all that and the thing that I hear too is you know being on the path a big part of it is having some sort of north star or some sort of place where you're heading to. And, you know, if for you, it sounds like it's this idea of human behavior, better understanding it, being able to teach it, working with companies and individuals around better understanding it. Um, and I'd be curious for you, like, what is it about human behavior and, you know, studying it and teaching it that's so exciting for you? I work in political consulting for 18 years. And I need to say that I miss it and I hate it. 
that's how passionate I'm about life. Mm. Um, I miss the adrenaline and I don't miss the wake up call at three o'clock in the morning and not sleeping for three days and taking a bus and sleeping, sitting in my, in my own, <laughs> my own coat. <laughs> yeah. So, but when people says why we need human behavior or who, who need human behavior and says who doesn't, um, I'm going to give you an example to the mayor, to the mayor, mayor to the minor. I'm mm-hmm. going to the supermarket and I see a cashier having a bad time with a customer. I try to get on the same line. So when I get to my time and says, you know what? It was really professional the way you managed that situation. Uh, mm. Congratulations. I don't know if another person couldn't have put up with BS person who take it on you when you're not was responsible. And I get a smile. You don't know what is going on with that person in the house. Maybe she's a single mom who the husband mm-hmm. dropped and she had three kids to feed. And she's so afraid to lose her job to a manager who just, oh, you know what, dude, you have been doing an amazing job. You're the sales rep on top for the last two years. Now you're going to be a manager. Do you know that 60% of the managers are put in the position and they don't have any freaking idea what they need to do because they nobody gave them training. They yeah. put in there only because they're good. So what are I going to do? I need to start yelling people. I need to start looking more like a bad person. Like, no, you need to take your time to know your team. It's not the team job to know you. It's your job to know them. Because when mm. you know them, when you see them, when, they, when you show that you really care, and I'm not going to talk about empathy because I'm not an empath. I'm a fixer. This is when you really see people and you really ask things to people that care, that is to be a good manager. That mm. is to be successful. And most companies, they don't know how to do it. So from making the day of the woman who, or the man who is on the cashier in my supermarket to a big, big Cahoon CEO who it's great on ideas and is good hiring other people to do their job. But when they need to talk to their people to incentivate them to say, well, we're going through a crisis and what is going to go next? Those are the ways that you can use human behavior from host mm. negotiation that I have done and interrogation. So whatever you you want you want to put it, but on the commercial and the uh, on the company side point, that's how you need to talk to your people. Sometimes you need to slap them on the back of the head like a dad does, <laughs> and sometimes it's like you have done you have done a great job. And I know maybe it sounds like what is she talking about? That is a HR lawsuit happening. Like no. Sometimes you need to tell your people the same way you educate your kids. That is not mm. admissible. That is wrong. Right. Because you cannot right. allow one person to be wrong in front of everyone because they want to look how intelligent they are and they, how good they are. And people, I always say, people is passive aggressive and cocky when they're insecure. So yeah, don't let that ruin your team. Totally. Yeah. And what I hear in that is the, it's just so applicable. It's just such an applicable field. and it it's it's foundational to everything not only from a personal experience and being able to make someone else's day but also from a commercial entrepreneurial 
um, business side, being able to more effectively manage teams and create leaders. And I would definitely agree. It's a lot of the work that I do, you know, not in the same way, um, you know, that you go about it, but, uh, you know, in coaching, so much of it is understanding yourself, understanding your own patterns, understanding how you operate. And I think that a lot of times what ends up happening is the more that we learn about ourselves, the more that we learn about other people. Because ultimately, <laughs> you know, people are people are people and people, you know, all of us are animals. Uh, and human, human behavior, I think, is largely predictable when you start to look at the overall patterns of how we show up, why we do the things that we do. Um, and from, a, from an individual perspective and, you know, the work that I do with people, it just leads to so much more joy and connection and happiness. And, you know, I can only imagine, you know, on a, on a corporate company side, the impact that that makes not only from a cultural perspective and an employee experience perspective, but also from a bottom line perspective of actually being able to more effectively, you know, grow business. It's going to so simple, like choosing the right partner when you swipe, swiping right or left, or I don't know how the dating site mm -hmm. work anymore. No, that's right. But yeah. So from reading their faces to know what is going to be complimentary and like people have this concept that you need to have another twin in your life to work. Um, in the work size of the personal life, like, no, you need somebody who complimenting you, who make you better. Mm -hmm how boring is your life if you have somebody like you not looking like you so mm. i always do the same when i have a customer i says i'm going to call you in six months and i'm going to ask you three questions i'm going to i'm not going to tell you what are the questions but can i call you in, th in six months like yeah in 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 six months my customer pick up the phone meaning that i did a good job meaning mm. that they still want to talk to me that is a good sell that is a mm. good coaching that is a good business second mm -hmm. of all and says if you need to sell me to any of your uh, friends or coworkers, what are you going to say about me? Second, you're my sales rep and you need to tell other people why to hire me, what you would say. And third, what is the pain pill that I fix in your team and after six months still working? And people mm. look at me like, I don't know what Kool-Aid you're drinking, but you need to change it. Like, no, really. Says, you know how painful though those questions are if i don't like what you did like well you learn from pain and you learn from laughing yeah. so tell me about it and a common mm. denominator is you make me more money you save me time now i know who they are good and who are not i know the intentions and my team can profile someone in 90 seconds not 90 days so in 90 mm. days it took me to make one sales now I can do a sales a day because I know what the people need. So I'm yeah. not selling what I want to sell. I'm selling and tell, giving people what they need. And when you give people what they need, you see them. And that mm. is the way that you can get people to be loyal to you. Because mm. everybody at the end of the day, doesn't matter who you are, you want to be seen. So if I'm going to buy a car, if I'm going to buy a laptop, if I'm going to buy, buy a so software, you made the right questions because you can know how I process and take information and my needs. Why not to? So yeah. the common denominator is like, you're making me money, saving me time and make my sales rep happy. That's the only thing I, that is the three common denominators. I'm like, good. I need to keep doing what I'm doing. <laughs> but, and the funny part is I, I, I told this in a podcast like a three weeks ago and the person who was interviewing freaked out, like, you do what? 
My first two hours of training, general training, not only sales training, I make you watch two hours of interrogations when people confess killing someone. Mm-hmm. And people says like, are you out of your mind? No. If this person make another person confess in 30 minutes, they kill someone and they're going to spend the rest of their life in jail. Tell me why your team is not talking to you. Mm. What is the common denominator? People don't lie to you. You're not doing the right questions. You're so Mm. busy in your own world that you're not asking the right questions. So if this person in 30 minutes can be somebody confess they kill someone, why you don't get the information from your customers that is needed? Why is taking Mm. you 90 days to do what this person did in 30 minutes? So now that I broke your nose, let's put it back together. Let's teach you what the hardcore interrogation happened. Let me teach you why words are more important sometimes than body language. Because when you're on the phone, when you're in email, I teach body language micro expressions. Great. But what happened when you have an email? What happened when you spend hours on a phone with a client? How you read them? Through words. Mm. That's how Mm. people confess when you catch the right words. It's not the same decided than I choose. It, as I told in the beginning, it's not the same house and home. It's like they decided, I decided, we decided. They mm-hmm. is other people. We, I'm in the middle. I, it's only my decision. So when mm-hmm. you want to know who is making the decision on the company, I don't care your body language to show me you're the alpha. And says, yeah, they're going to decide what we're going to do. Like, so dude, you're not the person making the cuts. So I'm Mm -hmm. talking to the wrong person. And Mm -hmm. how much time you lose talking to the wrong customers when they're not the decision makers. So as soon as you hear who make the decision, well, they're going to let me know this is not the person you're losing your time. Maybe even fishing for information so they can go to their own vendors and your competitors and says what you are to offer so they can better negotiate it. That is saving money and time because time is money. Mm, so spending mm-hmm. two days with me, saving you painful time with things that you shouldn't. Yeah, totally. Well, the thing I hear in that, a couple of things I hear in that, one is radical responsibility. Like you actually being uh, clear enough on your own value and being committed enough to making sure that the companies that you're working with are getting value, that you're willing to call and ask the questions about, hey, what's working, what's not working. Um, and you know, also being super committed to creating sales processes within organizations that really honor the client or the potential client like where they are and have them feel seen and you know do it in a way that makes sense given how whatever the sales channel is that they're actually using um i you know i'd be curious in like your your entrepreneurial journey like where did that start for you because it sounds like you worked with companies in different organizations in you know your previous career your previous jobs i'd be curious like where did the entrepreneurial piece start for you um, I'm gonna I'm gonna reply with a question that it's supposed to in interrogation is not happen. Um, when people come to you, first of all, they come in an emotional way because they try everything and they feel they feel like fail, and that's the point of breaking where they can they, they can learn. And after the emotional part, come in the rational part. They come in broken mm-hmm. to you. You fix you fix them, and that's why they start using the rational part. That's what I mm-hmm. do in my work. Mm-hmm. I take. Th- people who's broken 
who tried everything on the book until final says, maybe I need to try something else. Maybe uh, something outside the box who has been happening for so many years is the things that I need. Because it's funny, people say, well, what is that thing about face reading? Like, it's only been happening for 5,000 years? Only. That's it. <laughs> and like, what? Like, yeah, this has been happening for 5,000 years. The point is, nobody talk about it because it's not complicated, but it's complex to teach and learn. I can teach mm. you, but I'm only going to give you the 50% in a paper. The other 50% depend on you and practice. I have around 50-something certifications from Harvard, Berkeley, and anything that you expect. But that is a paper they give me to say, hey, you passed the class, but now the hard work coming. So my business is start from talking to people and says, okay, what is your pain? Why are you broken emotionally to the point that we are talking? Mm. So now that your emotions are on the side because you bent about it, let's talk about the rational part of selling because I'm selling my service the same way you're selling yours. So teaching you how I sell my service to you, you can sell to others. I'm not a salesperson. I'm a horrible salesperson. I cannot sell myself even my life depend on it. (laughs) I'm talking about the rational part, the emotional part, the behavioral, um, the science behind that. So you want to sell a car, you want to sell me a cup, it's the same. It's not about what you're selling, it's how you make the other people feel. So that's mm. the reason my trainings and my approach is so different. But mm-hmm. when I started studying, and I remember having my first clients through my, my teachers to my coaches. So it says, well, I take the class with you. And now what I do, I'm like, oh, I'm going to introduce you with someone who can use your service. And I grow my service mouth to mouth. It's funny. Some customer says, why I cannot find your name when I Google you like three years ago, more than three years ago, like because I was in political campaign and you need to be anonymous. And mm. I choose not to be anonymous anymore, but doesn't mean that I don't have 28, 20, 28 years of experience. That's how good I was that nobody picked my name in any place. So, mm. mm-hmm. hello. <laughs> mm-hmm. So three years ago, I, I, I choose to go to do consulting and one of the things that I love the most is training. It seemed like I never have a, a green thumb. Like I live in on the forest, but thank God this is taken care by themselves. <laughs> I don't need to be watering plant. Everything is taken care by themselves. But I always say each of the people who come to my classes or I've been called to train, it's like you have a piece of you going on the world. Because I take... And I see most of all when I do uh, the pro bono, I do a, a big pro bono with South Side people and people who doesn't have uh, the chance to go to college. And they took these eight week programs. And I remember the first time they did the program, the director came and says, we have one big complaint with you. Like, oh, shoot, what happened? They say your, <laughs> your class is too short. Instead to give three hours, can you do a complete weekend? Like, oh my God, you almost gave me a heart attack. That was the problem. So now I teach them eight hours of human behavior. And I see mm. some of the people from living under 35000 a year to being working and living in a huge wow. position, being a sales rep. So those are the things that I love about my work, uh, teaching, helping people how to do it, coaching them. I don't think anybody have the right to go to their tomb with all the knowledge you have. Because mm. I have 
And maybe I have the same knowledge that I have 20 years ago, but I have 20 years of experience. The devil knows more for being old than being the devil. So these devil know a lot because 50 years of experience. So that's what I can pass. That's what I can teach you. I have the knowledge, I have the batons, and I have the experience. And I love to transfer that to young generations and see the, how they evolve themselves. I never, ever going to say, you need to do this way. Tell me how you want to do it. Fight with me. Be a disruptor. Confront me. Tell me another mm -hmm. way to do it. But when mm -hmm. you do it, you need to defend your position. If it's not, I'm going to discard it. And I do the mm -hmm. same with my team. Every Friday we meet for three hours. Everybody is um, it's remote. And like if I, I take this from um, Elon Musk, he says, if everybody agree, with, everybody agree with my ideas, we need to do this, this meeting again. And if we need more than two pizzas, like Jeff Bezos says, to do a meeting is too many people in a meeting. So mm. I like people who's disruptor and that's what I provoke when I teach. So I mm. know that not everyone is ready for that level of, it's not, I'm going to be sitting two days in your class and I'm passed. Like, no, I'm not going to pass you if you don't win to have the paper. And I'm going to mm. make sure that you're going to do your job after that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> I love that so much. It's, it's, you know, again, it, I hear the commitment to excellence and the commitment to, having people get what they came for, like being willing to make people uncomfortable in service of them growing and developing and being able to live lives that are bigger and grander and better than they were before they came and connected with you. Uh, they, they already didn't know they have a problem. Most people, um, I read a book that was right on the 60s when I did my only to be clear, I went to Harvard to do the negotiation program on the law school. I didn't graduate from Harvard. Harvard. <laughs> I don't take titles. It doesn't belong to me. But one of the books that they advise you to read, and most people didn't do, is like, I think it was 350 pages. And I have only one phrase I took from that. People do not know they're missing something until they don't have a behavior who claim on that missing part. What do you mean? I'm not going to eat until I don't know I'm hungry. So if I don't remind you you're hungry, you're not going to be eating. So most people, they don't know they have a problem. They keep saying, my clients doesn't call me. Oh, my team doesn't work. Like, okay, what is the common denomination and all the things happening? You. So maybe you are the mother of all the problems. Maybe you're mm -hmm. an amazing bringing a new project. Maybe you're the best entrepreneur of the year. Can you be a CEO? No. So you need to know when you move forward and a step aside. I love the company. I'm the CEO and founder of two companies, and I hate to say it. I was obliged to say it by my commercial department, but every time that I, need, I have a presentation and says, I'm the CEO of there. I hate it. I don't like for people uh, call me the boss. Like, no, 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 I'm not your boss. We're working together. But it has to do with a mental structure, it has to do with a mental capacity. So sometimes one of the things that happen with the clients is they don't know they have a problem. And they don't know there is the solution is so easy, like to teach people how to profile others. And profiling is not a bad thing. If I can know, for example, you're extremely visual, you think so outside the box, 
one of the things that you get in trouble is because you're always thinking outside the box. You're so pragmatical that people think that you don't have feelings and you like to do things. But <clears throat> if I give you a criticism to like, like criticism, but not a feedback, I'm going to punch you in the, in the chest and you're not going to like it. You like people. And if I need to give you a gratification and says you did something good, I need to do it in private. You don't care about the trophies. You don't want a Grammy. Grammy, you want somebody to tell you did it a good work. And you thinking first, doing after, and after that, you think about the feeling. You was told to be done. So that's your profile. Mm-hmm. Mm. So if mm. I know all that about you, you need time to process information. You don't want to be rushing things. No. Why? Because we always thinking outside the box. And so many people told you like, it's wrong to think outside the box. You take your time to think that you're right on the process you do. And you're yeah. surgical, drastical, pragmatical. And that's what mm-hmm. makes you at the 27 being so successful and the place that you are. So I know that from one picture because I'm looking mm-hmm. now at my computer. Imagine yeah. that I know all that before I talk to you. I know yeah. how you intake information, that you're visual. I know how you process information. You're a people person and everything that you start, you finish. You're a finish. You're a finisher. You're a doer. So I don't mm. need to talk about, well, what if, no, I need to use word like when this is get done, when we finish, when we do it, when we accomplish, those are the words that I need to use. Not to manipulate in you is because they're the words they are going to resonate with you yeah. and they're going to lower that shield that everybody put when something new come to you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, It's so interesting because it then makes me think about being able to take that out into the world and interfacing with like employees, with managers, with potential clients. Um, And, you know, I'd be curious, a lot of the people who are listening to this show are people who are um, solopreneurs, lifestyle entrepreneurs, people who are running their own businesses. Like, um, I guess at a high level, if you could share like, What's a, what sorts of things are you typically sharing with people around um, like taking advantage of that from a sales perspective or like, you know, if you had some tips or ideas for people who are looking to get better at, um, you know, being able to read the people that they're trying to sell, like what sorts of things would you share with them? I'm going to, I'm going to break three myths and one of my bed, uh, bread and butter are sales reps and realtors, lawyers, and managers. A, when the studies were done on the 69, about 93% of your communication is not verbal, is wrong. It's proven is wrong. It was one study and everybody grabbed that like the last piece of wood of the Titanic. Your <laughs> 93% of your communication is not verbal. How a blind person can understand you if they cannot see you? We have coded the expressions that we have because on the other hand, there's proven in 2009 that people who is born blind and people sighted, they have the same micro expression and body language. So mm. if I'm talking to you, if I'm seeing a picture of you, I don't see the micro expression. I don't see the body language. I see the features in your face and I'm paying attention to your words. So when somebody says only 7% of the world's are, the words are important, it's, it's wrong in an email, in a conversation, I don't care what your body language, I don't see your body language. Second of all, people says that you need to mirror everyone. No, please don't do it. 
What about if I tell you what most people think is a smile is contempt? Do you know what are the only two micro-expressions that Dr. Gottman in Seattle, after 40 years of uh, training and experimental, says, you, need, you know you need to get a divorce or you need to find another uh, job or you need to find another employee when you show contempt and dislike. Mm. So dislike is like you got this pamper on the summer for two weeks and you sat and smell it. That's how disgusting mm. it is. And contempt mm. is about boredom and feeling superior. So contempt is the only micro-expression shows in only half of your face. So if I see what I think it is, a half a smile, and I do the same, again, blind people do the same expression. So your brain have this paleo memory. So wow. if I'm mirroring body language, everything you do, how do I know that I'm mirroring the right things if I don't have the, the right training? That's when I'm driving me crazy and people says, okay, you're going to hire somebody who had 28 days on this market, not 30 years of experience, just because it's cheaper. Go for it. When you need, mm -hmm. when you need me to fix your team, it's going to be double. Why? Mm -hmm. Because it's not the same. People says you need to mirror. The best way to mirror someone is verbally. Ask me a question. I'm going to teach you how to mirror someone verbally. Then nobody teach you that. Ask me a question. Uh, Susan, what's your favorite movie from the 1990s? Favorite movies from 1990s, I would say is Predator. Do you see when I did that? Mm, like repeated my, what I said back to you, back to me. Exactly. Hmm. So now come back to me using some of the words that I use so we can start mirroring each other worldwide. So tell me something. Ask me another question. Ask me a difficult question that is difficult for me to mirror. Hmm. Um, I know I got you, Uncle. I'm so sorry. It can be private. It's like, what is the color of my socks? I don't have a problem. Just <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah, Susan. Um, um, what brand of socks do you typically wear? Uh, I don't care about what brand of socks I wear. Just need to be comfortable and they need to be funny and have skulls. So the question you did, A, I told you something private about me. B, mm. I replicated and mirror what you says. And three, because you think that I told you something private, now you feel under reciprocity that you need to tell me something private about yourself. Mm. I teach you mm. that. That's mm. the best way to mirror someone. Mm. And the third one, how many times you have been told that when you cross your arms, people is uh, negative about your ideas? Yeah, all the time. I have a dollar for every time that I hear that, I will be millionaire and retire. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, okay, do, do you do yoga or know anybody who does yoga? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you see that it's one of the yoga positions when you cross your arms and your legs at the same time. Mm -hmm. You know what happened? Is the only way besides being dyslexic, because I learn a lot about that because I'm dyslexic, that you two part of your brains working together. So that's the reason they mm. make you cross the arms and cross the legs on the same place. So wait, when you're crossing your arms, is that you are analyzing to make a decision. So you're preparing yourself to make a decision. So the only time that the two parts of your brain, the emotional and the rational, get together is when you're crossing your arms. 
if I want to sell you something and you need to make a decision and you're not crossing your arms to make the decision, actually it's a sales that you lost. Mm. Because 30 to 40% more of your brain working when you're crossing your arms or crossing your legs. Actually, there are studies showing that when you feel depressed or boring, when you're crossing your arms, you start feeling more empowerment. Now, what happened with that crossing arm it's coming with a negative physical posture and the wrong microexpression. That's what is complicated. That's when you need to keep talking. But is it just cross my arm? Have you ever seen those uh, show uh, police shows when everybody cross their arms when they look it on the body? It's because mm-hmm. they're thinking. Mm-hmm. So if you just see someone crossing their arms and their feet are facing to you and they're looking at you and paying attention and the shoulders are back, the face is 90 degrees looking at you and maybe tilted the head. That is the best who can happen to you. You just nail it. So shut up. Wait for the person to make the decision. And when the person uncrossed the arms, that's when you need to do the call of action. So when do you want to sign the lease? Tomorrow. Done. Now, the same happened when it's negative. When I cross my arm in a negative way, 30 to 40% or more of my brain is thinking, why you try to sell me? Uh, yeah, you try to sell me a banana and a banana, and I want to buy a car. So this is a lemon. This is not what I want. So they're thinking. So you have a chance there if you know how properly read those signals. So it's not only crossing their arms; it's what happened with the other thing, how it's squinting the eyes. So when the person uncrossed the arms, that's when you need to say. Um, Hayden, it looked like maybe I didn't reply to all the questions and all your concern. My apologies. I should have told you all this advantage mm-hmm. on this product. As soon as mm-hmm. the person haven't tell verbally they don't agree, you still have the chance to fix it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. those are the things that are three myths that most people in this market hate me. You know why? Because I'm so I use in science. I use in the the, the latest studies. Studies yeah. done on the 69 when we went door to door knocking. Uh, hey, I come in to sell you a vacuum cleaner. Like, no, now you've gone on Amazon and bought it. So yeah. things change. So yeah. we need to get new studies. So even though I didn't went to the traditional academic place, I took all the job and work the other people has done it, digested and then put it in a way that is funny because it's the best way adults can, can learn. I'm goofy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in a way that you can understand that, not because you're not capable to understand it, it's because you haven't heard before. And maybe for 20 years, people have been telling, don't cross your arms, don't do yeah. this, don't do that. Like, what if I tell you, like, the best who can happen to you? Somebody's crossing mm-hmm. your arms. Your head is going to start spinning, like, what? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's the things I love to do in my classes. Like, okay. Who agree or who disagree? Okay, do this. Who is an introvert? Who is an extrovert? Uh, what do you see in this picture? Okay, you're going to the group. You're sensing. Okay, you're, you're, you're intuitive. These people is never going to understand what you say on the meeting, so they need a, 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 a bullet point. These people mm. is not going to be... Uh, it happened to me when I, um, Andy Warhol have the, um, the exhibition on October on Chicago. I went with a friend. And it says, what do you see? Oh, a piece of art. I see a kind of soup, dude. I don't see anything else. And that's how I found out the, how we process information differently. He saw the forest. I see the tree. 
Yeah. So imagine that replicated on business. You have an assistant, you have a, a coworker, or you have a client that only see the tree and losing the, 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 the forest or vice versa. What if you mm. cannot read that? So now tell me where you cannot apply human behavior, Hayden. Yeah. So it's like everywhere. <laughs> it's kind of freaky, no? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, I mean, you know, it's so interesting because I think about how regardless of the industry, regardless of the situation, like, you know, everything that we're experiencing now, it really in any way, shape or form is built for, made for, made by, built by human beings. Um, so being able to like pick up on those nuances can be incredibly important and actually being aware of, hey, here are the things that are at play in what this person is thinking, or here's what's at play in this conversation, the sales conversation, you know, um, hiring conversation, marketing conversation, whatever it is. Um, and being able to consciously, uh, you know, show up in a way that is best suited for that person's communication style um, just leads itself to you selling more, leads to you being more connected, leads to, you know, you getting more of the things that you want in essence. Um, I'd, I'd be curious too, like in this idea of paying more attention to someone else's body language, micro expressions, facial expressions, that sort of thing. You know, I find that in sales conversations, especially for folks who are just starting out in sales or, you know, in business more generally, there's this experience of getting super caught up in your head. And like, you're so focused on you that it's almost, it's, it's hard to even be present with the other person that you're having a conversation with. Um, and I'd be curious if like, if you had any advice or, um, um, you know, if you had any guidance for people who are looking to pay more attention to those things and practice paying more attention to those things and getting out of their head in those kinds of conversations. I'm going to ask you another question. What is going to be more painful to you if I ignoring you or I fight you? If I ignore oh. you. Yeah, that's what, yeah. So we have two ears and a mouth for a reason. A good conversation is 80% time of the eighty of the time, shut up and make the right questions. People don't lie to you. People is not denying giving you the answer. You're not making the right questions. So mm. when you don't listen to me because you're so worried about selling me your products, you're forgetting the best and more important things. I want it to be seen. If you see me, I'm going to buy it. 90% of the people Google you first and your product after and the company you're working after because I'm going to like you. If you see me, if I respect you, if I trust you, doesn't matter what you're selling to me. That's the reason we don't have a sales team. I pair with other coaches. We pair with other people because if people already trust you, whatever we pair is going to be working if I trust you too. So shut up, listen to. It's not what you have to sell. It's how, what you have mm. the other person needs. So when you're ignoring me because you're so focused on selling me, it's the same damage like somebody that you love and trust ignoring you. If you fight me, it's because you're involved. When somebody yells to you, when somebody gets mad to you, it's because they care. But the worst thing you can do as a human being is ignore them. That is the most painful thing. So translate that to selling. If you're talking and talking and talking, and you're not paying attention to my needs. What are you doing, Aiden? You're ignoring me. Mm. So I don't want to do business with you. So yeah. two ears and a mouth. Pay attention. 
withhold your questions when they really are questions that are helping to other people to talk. You have close-ended and open-ended question. Question mm -hmm. can be reply like yes. I'm going to give you the last example because I know your producer is like kicking us like, come on, we need to wrap it up. So I make aware people of that. Sorry, I talk too much. As if I ask you, do you like the beach? What is going to be your answer? Yeah, yes. What do you like about the beach? Mm. It's warm and I, yeah, love laying in the sand and listening to the water and it's just very pleasant. So I guess maybe you went to the beach when your parents, when you was a kid. Yeah, a couple of times. So you went with your parents and anybody else went to you on the trip? Um, my sister would come. Um, sometimes I would have like friends from school that would come. So now I know that you have a relationship that have the memory with your parents. You have sisters and your parents were really open bringing friends with you to the beach. And now I know mm -hmm. the warm blue and sun and calm is a place that I need to take you. Mm -hmm. The first question mm -hmm. was yes or no. Right. And now it says, Oh, you know what? I live two blocks away from the beach and it's a lake beach because I have the lake from Chicago and I love mm -hmm. the sun. You know what I do? I love to go and do my own fire pit and watching Chicago from the other side <clears throat> and see the sunset and I get my headphones and I listen to music and I, like you, I love to sit on the sand and feel the warm of the sun, having a glass of wine and maybe see my neighbors <clears throat> to the distance doing the same and see the kids playing. Now we're talking, now we have a conversation. Right. Because I, yeah. I ask the right question. It's not the yes or no. Yes or no is in the call of action. But when just met you, I need to know you. So, do, so it's, it's like, for example, you like cars. Like, no, why? Because I cannot have my dream car. What is your dream car? Oh, a Corvette 66. Oh my God, you know what? I drive one of those in LA. You know what? The only problem was a stick. I cannot drive stick, but I love the car. So now we have a conversation. We have a chance to say, me too. You and I, we have a me too. You went to the an original pad oh. and everybody was expecting. I did the same. So now we have a me too. We have a connection that maybe after this podcast is going to keep talking. We're going to keep talking. And that's right. how you build relationships. But right. if you, I have one more, one more public, please pay attention. One more LinkedIn request who is a speech of selling, I swear God, I'm going to do that. Like, yeah, the Schwarzenegger, like, no way. Establish mm -hmm. a relationship with me. Don't, don't copy paste an email. It says, oh, I want to know what are your problems. Who told you you have a problem? Am I isolating? Right. My business is growing like crazy. We hire new people. I in my house and I love in the middle of the forest. Who told you I have a problem? Don't sell me like I have a problem. It's like, I want to know you. That is a better approach. Yeah, it's, it's so interesting. Um, I love it. all of these pieces. And it's so funny because I'm, you know, in my own business and in my own sales evolution, I'm realizing a, a ton of these things, a lot of these things that you mentioned. Um, and, you know, it's interesting because I think in the beginning, 
when people are learning to sell and, you know, even how I learned to sell when I worked at LinkedIn, when I worked at these other larger organizations, you know, so much of it was around process facilitation and closing. And so little of it was around building relationships with people and actually getting into this conversation with people that has you both as two humans together talking about the things that really matter. And it may or may not end in a conversation around them buying from you. And that's, also okay. But going in with this secret agenda of I'm going to sell this person or I'm going to get this person to hire me or whatever it is comes across in, you know, how you show up in the conversation. It comes across in your questions like leading slash salesy slash convincey questions. Um, and just what I find ends up leaving a really negative taste in someone's how in mouth because it feels transactional and it doesn't feel like you actually see them. It doesn't feel like you're interested in getting to know them and serving them as a person. It's just more so about like, hey, I'm trying to to close you on this thing. So I love what you share around asking these open-ended questions, like really getting to know this person, creating these points of connection where you can both say, hey, this is what is similar between us. And this, you know, these are the things that we actually share. Um, and I think it just makes going into any kind of, you know, quote unquote, closing conversation or hiring conversation, you know, that much more powerful because the relationship was built before that. And you know what? And again, where is the body language there? It was about the words. You are in one part of Chicago. I'm in Indiana. We are not seeing each other. We only took into the microphone. <clears throat> and I already know things about you. I can learn about you for the words you choose. So that's what I, one of the things that I talk about disrupted. is like think outside the box. doesn't matter if you need to work in a box. doesn't mean that you need to be on the box. I can be selling the square, but doesn't mean that I need to be in the square. Because people who need the square, people who live so, say, live, feel so safe based on the same work from 18 to 65 when they're retired, 9 to 5, and it's okay, but it's not for everyone. So because you're mm -hmm. selling that doesn't mean that you need to be there. But until you don't, do you know what babies cry when they, they get born? Mm, no. Who the heck want to live like they fit you, they change <laughs> yeah. you. You're never sleepy. They never wake you up. You don't need to see the whole horrible faces getting to you like, oh, googly, googly. You're safe. Mm -hmm. That's the mm -hmm. reason the same. Breaking the egg is painful. And I'm not saying it's not going to be painful to rethink and rewire your brain. But I keep, I, you need to keep trying. Because the way the world was three months ago, six months ago, is not going to be in 30 days. It's going yeah. to change. So the ones who doesn't understand the signs, behavior, and understanding, it need to happen. Everybody says that we're completely disconnected. Actually, we never have so many Zoom meetings. You know why? Because people start connecting in another way. Now I mm. see you. We have this, the, the Zoom burnout, the meeting burnout, whatever brand you use to make meetings. Why? Because everybody, need the, 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 everybody have the need to be connecting with others how you connect. I don't care to have seven meetings a day. I want one who is really, really meaningful to me and to you. I wanted mm -hmm. to leave this podcast saying, holy cow, this woman has some point that I maybe I need to start paying attention to the words. If you leave this podcast with at least like, I'm going to review my last emails on the cells that I think I lost. I'm going to start paying attention to the words. I'm going to grab a dictionary to understand what each word mean. I'm going to start looking at you, but really looking at you and making you feel 
I see you. We have the best podcast ever. Mm. Yeah, leaving that impact. Um, and to your point around the changing dynamics of the world and of what we're up to, I'd be curious for you, like, what's what's next for you in your business and the stuff that you're up to? Like, where's this where's this headed for you? Become rich and retire. <laughs> <laughs> Freud says, if you study uh, study enough the words, you're going to find that nobody's, all the jokes have a sense of reality. Um, I want to people to start understanding that what I'm doing is not a witchcraft, hmm. that they don't need to be afraid, that what we give you is the power to become humans again. I'm tired that we are only 17 people on the world who does phase reading professionally. 13 or 14 of them, they're doing it on the diagnostic part. Mm. I want people to know what I know. I want people to look at me and like, oh, and now I know how I need to talk to you. You know how much time you're going to save me to go to this small talk? It shows the small talk hurt your brain in the same part like a body pain hurt your brain. So... What about, what about if this is not so complicated? What about if you can be the best version of yourself? What about if everybody told you that you have a defect, there was something wrong with you, but that thing the other people don't see as a beauty in you is who make you so awesome. I was, mm. I was treated like a disabled person at 18 because I was diagnosed with dyslexia. Well, look at the dyslexic person where it is 30 years later. If I wouldn't have a parents who tell me, yeah, you cannot do anything with your life. Try to get a good husband. What it would be about me? So think outside the box. And what if, what if that day you choose to go to that bar to, that, to have that beer or that glass of wine, you met the love of your life. What if you're sitting on the, in the plane and you talk to the person ne- next to you on the way they need to be talk? And just be the CEO of Microsoft and you get, you land in the job of your life. Everybody knows and is an expert in something that you are not. So Mm. what about if we really make meaningful questions where I really want to know what is going on with you? Yeah. That's beautiful. So simple as that. Thank you for sharing that. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Susan, this has been an absolute pleasure. Where can people find you online? Uh, you can go to humanbehaviorlab.com. This is our consulting company. And I know everybody has e-learning now, but I swear, I'm sorry, my cats and my parents, that uh, <laughs> we started this project on September last year. Uh, we have humanbehaviorhackerschool.com. It's the only e-learning platform where you can learn about human behavior and all this witchcraft and things that I've been saying. Uh, we're going to be, t- be teaching this. Um, actually, we have, I started a class yesterday. This is Complicated Personalities, How to Read Stress factors on people when you're talking to them so you know you, you need to back it up or allow how to know if somebody's trying to deceive in you even though how to determine if an anonymous letter who's the gender and age of the person who write it so we're going to be more teaching all this witchcraft together that's awesome well, i think especially now just given how much is going virtual um being able to actually read into those things is super duper powerful and important 
The only thing I regret in this podcast is that we cannot keep exercising the part that you can make me questions so I can mirror in you verbally. That was mm. fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll do some more afterwards. <laughs> oh, let's, let's, uh, let's do some more damage together. Yeah, I love it. Um, that's awesome. Well, Susan, um, what, uh, one of the second pieces I love to ask folks at the end of the show is what advice do you have for the people listening to build um, a bigger, better business? Uh, no is easy than yes. You have the no always. So the things you're going to go is for yes. When people tell you they're crazy, we built history based on crazy people. Mm. So be a little crazy, be a little responsible, uh, surround yourself with the right people. Um, do a, grab a piece of paper and draw who is your five people in your personal life and draw who is your uh, business people, and you're going to realize who you are. Tinder was based on that. That's the reason that you need to connect to Facebook, because they connect you behavioral-wise with people who is in your circle. Mm. So if you feel you're stuck, look how that people it is. If that people is stuck, you're stuck with them. Mm. So always surround yourself with people who take you out of your comfort zone, Always get people who slap you on the back of your head emotionally, physically. It's your decision. I don't get in your kinky business, your problem. Um, but always get people around you that make you grow, make you better, and get you out of your comfort zone. Uh, get people who is disrupted. Not people is complex, not complicated. Make the make the distinction what is complicated was complex. Complex is grown. Complicated is drawn in you. So mm. never take mm. a no for an answer. Doesn't matter what they told you. It's about what you make, what they told you and give you. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Um, and then the last part of the show here, Susan, is acknowledgement. So are you open to me acknowledging you? Yes. Okay. Awesome. Um, Susan, there's actually, there's a lot of stuff I want to acknowledge you for, but the first thing that came to mind for me is like, I really just want to acknowledge like the immense power that you bring into the space. Like it's, it's palpable in your speaking and in the conversation, in the questions that you ask and the reflections that you make. And I really get that that comes from a life lived based on commitment and courage and doing the scary thing and like continually being committed to excellence. Um, so thanks for your commitment in this field and the stuff that you're up to um, and just being a really powerful leader and powerful partner for the folks that you serve and the folks that you work with. Um, thanks for being so oriented around service. Like it's actually really cool and it's it's really special that so much of your work is based on giving people agency, like actually giving them uh, the opportunity to bring out their personal zone of genius and live a life that is by their own design um, and has them winning uh, and not a victim in a, or an unconscious slave to uh, conditioning or societal pressures. So thanks for being committed to giving people those things. Um, thanks for your honesty and your authenticity. Like, thanks for just like being super open uh, about the stuff that you're up to and what you care about. Um, and I wrote a couple words down here, but um, I, I really just want to acknowledge you for being a trailblazer and for being disruptive. Uh, it's just so 
cool because I think that that's where so much of the next, you know, we were talking in the beginning about vision and what's next. Like that's exactly where it comes from is you showing up being disruptive, being complex, bringing all of you um, into the space and into the work that you're doing. So thanks, thank you sincerely for the work that you're doing to support people in thinking outside of the box. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, connecting with you thus far. Thank you so much for, for being on the show and I'm, I'm just really happy to have you in my network. And thank you for giving me a space to replicate the words because I think we need to start thinking a little more outside the box and people like you are the, are the replicators or you're part of the system because it doesn't matter. I can be the best iceberg hiding, but it's still an, ice, an, an iceberg. So it's good to have people like you who take people like me and put it out there. So thank you for your work. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this show and want to stay up to date on new episodes or other special offers, I'd invite you to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And if there's ever anything I can do to support you, please don't hesitate to reach out and let me know. See you next time.